Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We welcome you in on a Thursday, January 4, 2024. Hope you're doing well. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas at the D. Plenty to do, boys, as we jump into a Thursday edition of Sharp Money. 13 on the ice tonight, two NBA games, customary on a Thursday night, 55 across college basketball. I'm going to tell you something right now as we talk about the playoff scenarios here in a bit. John Goulet and his Cowboys should be pissed and offended by Sean McVay. We'll tell you why in a second. I I wanted to start here, though. Hi, I'm all. Hi, Dustin. Yesterday, we were talking, and we had some fun with Black Monday, which is coming up after the final Sunday here in a few days. And that's essentially where the non-playoff teams will figure out, are they going to keep their coach? Are they going to leave, you know, dump their coach? The Chargers, the Panthers, and the Raiders have already moved on from their coaches. And there are rumors you could have as many as seven or ten openings. We went through it yesterday, boys, and we got to Mike Vrabel. And I want to ask, Amal, you would agree with what Dustin said. And Dustin said if Rabel gets fired, he's going to be unemployed for like five minutes because the perception of Rabel is that he's a great coach. Is that fair, Amal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, I said yesterday what I'm looking to do, and Amal, you agreed with me. I'm looking to hire an offensive-minded head coach, and this is for the market that's about to open. I want to marry a head coach and a quarterback together because when you hire a defensive-minded head coach and D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud could be in trouble, you're constantly replacing offensive coordinators, which undermines a league that is run by offense. So I'm going to bring up Mike Vrabel. I think this is a fun exercise, Dustin Sweetelson, because you're not wrong. He would be hired if the Titans decide to move on. Now, he is 5-18 and 18 over his last 23. That's atrocious, yet the Vrabel mystique continues. Do you know, Dustin Sweetelson, who the offensive coordinator was year one in Vrabel's tenure with the Titans? Matt LaFleur is the answer. That's what I was going to say. He lasted he lasted 1 year and he's running the Green Bay Packers. That he is not 5 and 18. Too, by the way. That offense stunk. He is not 5 and 18 over his last 23. That's not the point. Amal Shaw, do you know who replaced Matt LaFleur uh, in year 2 of the 10 year of Rabel there with the Titans? I believe it was Arthur Smith. You nailed it. Arthur Smith was a head coach, excuse me, offensive coordinator for the Titans for two years, and now he's coaching the Falcons. You can debate what you want as far as Arthur Smith as a head coach, but you see where I'm going here. After Arthur Smith, Todd Downing. You heard of him? Nobody's heard of Todd Downing. He was only the offensive coordinator for two years and then got fired by Vrabel. This year, Tim Kelly. Dustin, you're a big fan of Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator with the Titans. No, you're not because you've never heard of him, and that's my point. He is one year into his offensive coordination of the Titans, and four years or you know six, seven years in, Vrabel's on his fourth different coordinator. My point is... You, if you're a defensive-minded head coach, can be a brilliant coach. And by all accounts, Mike Vrabel is. It's just you're undermined as far as success in an offensively driven league. Like D'Amico Ryans, Amal, he popped this year. He could win coach of the year. 
Why wouldn't he? He's got a rookie quarterback with a team that was a disaster last year. But Bobby Slowick is his offensive coordinator. If he doesn't leave in the offseason, he's going to leave in the next offseason. And then a great head coach in D'Amico Ryans has to start over because he's a defensive-minded coach. I'm sorry. I just had to continue to belabor the point. No, I think it's an excellent one. You brought it up yesterday. Bobby Slowick has done a great job as the OC for the Houston Texans this year. C.J. Stroud has played great football. They've gotten tremendous efforts out of Nico Collins. Tank Dellis played well. Noah Brown's probably had his best year in the National Football League with the Houston Texans. Dalton Schultz has had a very good season. The one thing, even though D'Amico Ryans has done a nice job as a head coach overall, I think you bring up a great point, and I think this is why teams have to look towards offensive-minded head coaches. You don't want to be constantly replacing the O.C. We saw the impacts with four offensive coordinators during Mike Vrabel's tenure there in Tennessee. And then on top of it, this is an offensive-minded league. The games are called in favor from an officiating standpoint of the offense. And if you've got to replace the O.C., and if the next one's not as good or can't put your quarterback or your offense in positions to be successful, then there's going to be question marks about your team. I'm not taking anything away from Ryan's, but when you look at his team defensively, they're solid. They're not great by any stretch. It has been the right. offense that has propelled them throughout this season. And to me, I think that's one area where people have to really be concerned when you look going forward. If you're going to lose that OC, the Texans have scored 354 this year. They've, been, they've given up 334. It's not a huge margin of difference considering that they've won nine games and lost seven. Yeah, great job pointing out the fact that he's defensive-minded, yet the offense has been the star, and C.J. Stroud having a career year as a rookie at quarterback, the star. Bryce Young comes to mind, another turnover as far as head coach for a second-year quarterback. Justin Fields, what do we hear? He's never had consistency as far as an offense. He's going to be probably moved on from as far as Chicago and an organization. You just It's 2024. You have to have an offensive mind. You have to marry the offensive-minded head coach with a quarterback. And Dustin, I'm saying all this while agreeing with you you're 100 percent right Vrabel would be unemployed for five minutes should he be that's the question well and here's the thing about defense right there are guys around the league that will always be available to dial up whatever their scheme of defense is these offensive minds what happens they pop they come on the scene they do something innovative and new and someone scoops them up as a head coach and there are not a lot of old veteran offensive coordinators out there there are a lot of old veteran defensive coordinators out there. Vic Fangio, Lou, Ar- 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 however you say his name, Arumua, whatever. Nailed it. Terrell Austin, it. Jim Schwartz, Gus Bradley, Steve Spagnuolo, Wink Martindale, Steve Wilkes. A few of those guys have gotten shots at head coach. And what happened? They got fired. I, I think Dustin brings up an excellent point. When you think about great offensive Anarumo. coordinators, I think there's one guy for me that was a head coach that failed that was a great offensive coordinator that comes to mind. That's Norv Turner. He's been known as a great yes. OC. Right? Innovative. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. But when you think DCs, you think of guys like Ray Rhodes. You mentioned Steve Spagnola. Um, then who was the Horrible guy? head coach. Well, who was the guy whose dad? Uh, Phillips. Um, Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, thank you. There are so many guys. You can go down the list of great defensive coordinators, but not necessarily good head coaches. And I think, Patrick, when you look at the league today, we're not having the 85 Bears defensively. We're not having the 2,000 Ravens anymore. Teams nope. that, the teams that can hold an offense under 20 points a game is basically a good to great defense. And in this day and age, you need a quarterback. If you look back at the last 10 Super Bowls, it's an anomaly when you have a quarterback like Nick Foles leads you to a Super Bowl. Mahomes has won twice. Brady's won, what, four in the last decade? I mean, you look at the guys that are winning. Uh, they're elite-level quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford's going to the Hall of Fame. These are either Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks or guys that are just on the cusp of that. And you guys both did a great job explaining it. And look, Ben Johnson should be at the top of everybody's list because he's so innovative offensively and what he can do with the quarterback, Bobby Slowick. He probably should be right there, what he's done with C.J. Stroud as a rookie. But there's a name with Baltimore. His name's Mike McDonald. He's 36, and everybody's starting to salivate. Okay, be careful. That's the defensive coordinator. Anyway, I have an issue with the two of you. And it's because the two of you, speaking of head coaches, are obsessed with a certain head coach. This is a head coach that has been crowned for a minute. Okay, this is a head coach that has been getting for years the adulation that's usually reserved for young, successful head coaches like a Mike Tomlin, you know, championship year two, a Sean McVay championship year three. Kyle Shanahan 
if he doesn't win a championship this year at plus 220 in the DraftKings market with the all-star team that he's rolling out there, if he doesn't win a championship this year with the 49ers with a down year across both conferences outside of the 49ers and the Ravens, Kyle Shanahan has been crowned Amal Shaw. And Dustin Sweetelson was telling me he was waxing poetic about how he's a genius offensively. Uh, Sean McVay is, is younger than Shanahan. Shanahan's closer to Tom in age. McVay's already got a championship. He's already got a loss in the Super Bowl, just like his boy Shanahan. Shanahan this year, Amal Shaw, better win it because he's never going to be set up better. Great point, Patrick. However, counselor, I object on the following grounds. We <laughs> talked guys to love Shanahan. <laughs> oh, there's no denying that. I think he's a fantastic coach. You look at him, double-digit wins the last three seasons, four out of the last five. However, we just got done talking about having a great quarterback in play. He had Jimmy Garoppolo. You go back to the end of the first half in that game against Kansas City. There's no other quarterback in the NFL that a coach is going to try and run the clock out potentially with possession, with two minutes and two timeouts remaining in the first half of a pretty competitive football game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Sean McVay didn't win with uh, Jared Goff. He did win with future Hall of Famer Matthew Stafford. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I don't look at him as an elite-level guy that if he goes somewhere else, it elevates the team around him without the talent that he has. You make a fair argument. This team is getting back to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Can they win? It remains to be seen. You're right. This is a down year in both leagues. But I just don't think he's had the quarterback play that McVay has had so far. Fair enough. I would retort with this. McVay would argue, I lost 13-3 to to Brady and Belichick with Jared Goff. I hung in there pretty well. He would also argue that everybody thought Stafford 12 years after Detroit was kind of a donk. And in year one, I won a championship with him. Now everybody says ultimate and automatic Hall of Famer. To be fair, Stafford has never been thought of as a Rodgers, as a Brady, as a Manning, as that top t Drew Brees even. He now is because of what McVay has done with him. All I'm saying is, big guy, you're right there with them all. This is Shanahan's season. I'm not saying you guys are wrong, by the way. I'm just saying if he doesn't win a championship this year, everybody has to change their perspective on Shanahan because this is a down year, no matter how we want to slice it. And if he doesn't win a championship with that all-star roster, it, we got to start adjusting our judgment of Shanahan. You're correct in everything you said. However, if I don't hang on that Matthew Stafford sword, I have no argument. Say that again, Amal. I broke <laughs> up. I, 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 I said if it. I don't hang on that Matthew Stafford argument, I have no argument. <laughs> no, I know. No, I'm not even. Look, I'm. I'm being a bit of a contrarian. I actually think I'm more on the side of you guys with Shanahan. I'm just saying we need to reframe it if he doesn't win this year. Because, of Dustin, this is, I mean, it's set up perfectly. He's far and away has the best team that is actually slightly underachieved a little, if you think about it, with that losing streak. Ooh. They, they need to capitalize. I don't disagree. And he's going to. Just saying, Shanahan's 44, Tomlin's 51, McVay's 37. Come on, Shanahan, it's your turn. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that, he is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. 
Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, we welcome you back here on a Thursday. A little wardrobe change. Never hurt anybody. Amal Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in our teammate, Josh Applebaum. Of course, you can check out the two podcasts. Get your morning dose. Uh, here's what I do. I take Jeezy for the morning walk to Starbucks. I get my 15 minutes of Josh Applebaum in, and then midday, I catch him around the second time. You can check out the podcast at vcin.com. Why don't we start here? Hi, Josh. Good to, good to talk to you. Also, the Everything Guide to Sports Betting is the book. You can find it on Amazon. You don't have to. I'm sure you just got the email from Adam Burke as well. We're all given our plays for Monday night's uh, national championship game. You don't have to give the play so the betters can find it in our guide, which is going to be coming out. But why don't you pick up where you left off with what you think is going to happen with this number moving? Yeah, Patrick, Dustin, I'm all happy New Year. Great to be with you. So I'm kind of in a wait and see mood, uh, wait and see mode right now, Patrick. There's a couple of things going on with the national championship game. Number one, I'll give you the reason why I do kind of like Michigan in this spot. And it's just a classic fade the trendy dog play in terms of the percentages right now at DraftKings, only 41% of bets are laying the points of Michigan. So I like that. I like the fact that the public and the most heavily bet game of the year is leaning toward Washington. Only 40% bets, 50% money is on Michigan. So again, they're checking off a few boxes here that I do like. Remember in that Alabama game, obviously Michigan was an epic fade the trendy dog play. They had the line move minus one and a half up to two and a half. They're only getting uh, around 35% of bets. So that was kind of a classic play. But here's where I want to wait and not fire on Michigan yet. Because, Patrick, the great equalizer is the line movement. And what I'm looking across the board right now is that these four and a halves might be getting down to four. If you look at a lot of these books, you know, we open Michigan minus four and a half. We're pretty much still minus four and a half. But I see a couple books that are plus four and a half, minus 115, minus 120 to Washington. So along that vein, if we start to see this thing fall four and a half to four, that's going to lead me to lean more toward Washington in this spot. And in terms of going contrarian, you know, Washington, I don't like that they're getting 59% of bets, but does that even out the closer we get uh, to the championship game? Does it get more to 50-50? That's my big thing, Patrick. I like percentages on Michigan, but I, I think the great equalizer is the line movement. And to me, if Washington falls four and a half to four, I'm going to have to fire on Washington, especially with the angle of, being an underdog, using that as motivation, knowing the spread and kind of being disrespected. I think this could line up as long as it goes down to four toward a Washington play. So let's wait and see. But again, there's reasons you can kind of sell me on both sides. But if this falls to four, I'm probably going to be on Washington Huskies. Josh, you understand line moves or in terms of number as well as anybody I've met. This number opened at three and a half, got bet up to as high as five, back down to four and a half. The Texas-Washington game was four and a half. Michigan's the highest power-rated team universally by most bookmakers. Or were you a little bit surprised at the opener and then not surprised that the number got bet up simply because of that? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, Amal. I appreciate that, uh, that those kind words right there, my man. But um, I would say in terms of the initial move and then kind of what we're going to see throughout the week. So, again, initial move was upwards uh, toward Michigan. And, those uh, wise guys, the professional betters who power rate set their own numbers. Looks like when that three and a half popped, they said, hey, there's value on Michigan here. But the fact that it rose up to five and now it's starting to come back down the other way, that tells me that maybe it got out of hand. It got a little bit too high. Now you're seeing it fall because there's uh, value on the other way. So, again, it's wait and see. I think if you're a pro guy who just lives and dies by your numbers, if you have a power rating that says, hey, Michigan should be favored by five and you're getting four and a half or four, then that's a Michigan play for you. Uh, but also, guys, keep an eye on the total. I did notice it ticked up a little bit. It opened 55. It's up to 56 and a half right now, around 70 percent bets. Nearly 80 percent of the money is going over. Obviously, Washington is a high scoring team. Michigan 
lower scoring team with a great defense. So let's see where this thing goes the next few days. Uh, but great point by you, Amal. Early move was toward Michigan, but it's starting to come back to the Huskies now. Okay, on Monday, we'll have, it looks like we're going to have a great guide coming out, getting you prepared for that national championship game, which uh, I'm excited for. I think we all are. Okay, let's jump into week 18. It's fascinating. It, one of the games you have is the Patch Jets. So what's important to understand here about Bill Belichick is we don't know if he's going to be the coach of the Patriots next year. So who knows what he thinks about procuring the number two overall pick, right? But also, he holds grudges. And he doesn't despise a team more than the Jets. So there's a motivation angle. He always wants to beat the Jets here, Josh. You're exactly right, Patrick. And again, to me, this is a play on the Patriots. I think it's a good angle to money line the Pats. I got them. Uh, I want to say they're as low as what, like minus 135, minus 140. But a couple things are going on with this game. Let's just look at the data. Lines moving to New England. New England open as low as minus one and a half. They got always at, at, as high as minus two and a half. There was a little buyback on the Jets, bringing it back down to one and a half, which is where we sit now. But you're starting to see this tick back up maybe further to minus two. And the Patriots have a pretty good bet split, 64% bets, 82% of the money. Uh, so just from a data standpoint, good low bets, higher dollar split, modest public support, heavy, sharp action. And thinking that from the opener to current, it's either stayed the same or moved toward New England. So those are boxes to check off in favor of the Pats. But I'll go a different direction with you, Patrick. You know me by now. I usually live and die by the data but there are external factors to consider. And you mentioned Belichick. Actually, New England today, it's blowing up on talk radio. There are a couple hit pieces that came out today, and this is starting to sound like Terry Francona at the end of the Red Sox when there was a Boston Globe article that really trashed Francona on his way out the door. You're starting to hear that. People are talking. The knives are out. There was an athletic article that came out today. There's also a Boston Herald article that came out today. Robert Kraft seems to be changing this narrative, uh, and one of the big things that blew me away is he wanted to blame Belichick for getting rid of Tom Brady. He's trying to rewrite the past, I think. And there's also a situation of, you know, the coaching staff. It, usually there's like 25. Uh, he's got like 25 coaches. Other teams have like 30 or 40 coaches. So reading between the lines, it feels like this is going to end. It feels like this is Belichick's last game. Uh, and with Kraft maybe setting the narrative of, does he have another year on his contract? Do you deal him? Josina Anderson had a, uh, a report that came out today that there's a, a team or two in the NFC South that's interested in Belichick. I think this is his last game, Patrick. The line's going to New England. It could be really snowy, by the way. There's two forecasts, an American model that says like six inches, a European model that says like over a foot of snow at Gillette Stadium. I can see it right now. New England fans all want to lose this game to get a higher draft pick. But Belichick, I think, is going to stick it to Kraft, do everything he can to beat the Jets. And they're 15-0. and They've won 15 straight against the Jets. I could see it perfectly ending. Pats win this game. Belichick gets let go the next day. Uh, I'm on Pats to win this one, even though I wish they would lose and get a better draft pick. <laughs> I, uh, you know what I think? I think, okay, I understand Americans think it's going to snow in Boston, but what do the French people think? <laughs> you know, I got to get that European model in the mix, Josh. Yeah, I know. Well, they're, they're protecting themselves. <laughs> it's like three inches. They'll say, oh, you know, the Americans are right. If it's a foot and a half, the Europeans will brag. We'll see what happens. It's no, I like all the drama. That's a, that's interesting with Kraft. It, it feels like Kraft, Amal, and um, Belichick have been at odds for, I don't know, a decade. It's just odd. Yeah, I would agree with you, right? Uh, Josh, you could speak to this better than probably Patrick and I can. Jimmy Garoppolo, there was a situation there. Where was that? That kind of started to lead what seems to be the division between Kraft and Belichick. But, you know, you're not going to fire a guy that has continuously won for you. Yeah, and I think Belichick's plan was, again, let go of Brady, drafted Jimmy G, let Jimmy G take over. Uh, there's another report today that the Patriots, they spent all this money on a new um, stadium scoreboard in the lighthouse and Kraft is mad that Belichick never said like, hey, love the lighthouse, man. Like he never gave him <laughs> for the lighthouse and the scoreboard. So this is like, you know, two, two uh, husband and wife, you know, married couple about to get divorced that they're just going at each other with every little thing they can. So I think it ends, but I think Belichick will, will get one last laugh and beat the Jets on Sunday. Well, if it, at least it hasn't gotten petty. Is That's good to know that it hasn't gotten petty. Um, the Eagles, look, if you have a read on them, you're a better man than I. The Eagles are at the Giants, and the Eagles are laying five here, Josh. I'll take the points with the G-men in this one, Patrick. From a data perspective, we're seeing this line, reverse line move in favor of the Giants. This game opened Eagles as high as minus six and a half. We're down to five. We're at five and a half just about 24 hours ago. So the line keeps falling to the Giants, even though they're only getting... 33% of bets, but almost 57% of the money. So a good bet split. 
public's on the Eagles, will not quit the Eagles, yet it's falling toward the G-Men. And one angle here, Patrick, is that you're hearing rumors. I was doing a little research. Eagles may rest their starters in this one. They really don't have much to play for. Uh, the only way that they um, beat Dallas and win the division is if Dallas loses to Washington. Now, I mean, they're favored by 13. That's very unlikely to happen. This is a team that's played a lot of tough games, a lot of comebacks. Maybe it's a smart play to sit your guys in this game, rest them up for the for the postseason. You're not going to get that by. So maybe that's why we're seeing this line fall to the G-men. But also Tyrod Taylor, he had an epic comeback uh, against the Rams last week. Gunnar Olszewski ran it back to cover that number. But Tyrod Taylor is 3-0-1 against the spread with the G-men. He's 32-21 against the spread, 60% in his career. Doesn't really light up the scoreboard, but also doesn't turn it over. I like Tyrod in the spot as a dog with the line move. And also uh, Brian Dayball, 17-9 against the spread in his career as a dog, 65%. And Jalen Hurts, if he plays, he's only 6-11 against the spread as a road favorite, 35%. So uh, public still not quitting Eagles. Lines falling the G-men, uh, especially if, if uh, the Eagles rest their starters. You could feel really good about getting a 5.5 or 5 right now with the Giants. I love the breakdown there, Josh. Patrick, I would add a couple factors to this bet. and I think you can only play the Giants here. The Eagles, if you're going to bet them, you have to look first half because if the Cowboys are up 21 points say, at halftime and you see the out-of-town scoreboard and you know where it's at, you realize you're not going to win that division. You don't want to sit there and have Jalen Hurts in that third quarter. Can you imagine the Philadelphia press and the public if Jalen Hurts got hurt in the fourth quarter in a game Dallas was up by 38 points on and you got Jalen Hurts out there? I don't think it's a bad move potentially, guys, to sit their starters here because are they really going to lose to Washington, That is the Cowboys, that is? Yeah, it's a great point. Game of two halves and those coaches and those organizations, somebody as specific as the Eagles will be watching the scoreboard down in D.C. It's a tremendous point. On the way out, Josh, give us a life update. Golden Bachelor, <laughs> it has to be done by now. So you and your beautiful wife, Elise, like what are we into now? Yeah, Patrick, I thought you were going to give me a play here. I was going to go Bellarmine on the money line for you. I had a game, extra game at 630. But life update, Patrick, another nice. year has passed, another, another year around the sun. Uh, happily married here. Things are going well, so I can't complain. It's uh, you know things are things are good. And how about you though, man? I'm concerned about you. I hear no, a sniffle, no, no, a cough. No, 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 are no. you okay? Feller mine in college basketball. That's Josh's play. No, what I I really want to know, like, what are we binging? Like, what should we be watching? You're the best at this. We've been watching Seinfeld re reruns, Patrick. I'm waiting for the new True Detective to come out a little bit later. That's coming out soon. That's oh, yeah. coming out soon. Josh Applebaum. You know what came out sooner than the new True Detective? Market Insights Podcast and Morning Bet Spot with Josh. We're back. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, you can check out the betting splits, money and bets for every game, updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings, today's games and future events as well. It's by far our most popular tool over at vcin.com slash splits, so make sure you become a vcin pro to get involved, vcin.com slash splits. Okay, our next guest, I've been following Alan Bell for a long time. I feel like Alan Bell, he's he's like us here at vcin. He grew up probably betting on marbles, okay? <laughs> this guy bets on everything. Driving the line on YouTube is a must follow. It's a new venture for Alan, who's like I mentioned at Alan G Bell on Twitter, does a great job. So check out driving the line. And as we say hi to Alan, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm probably not wrong there, right? You probably grew up betting on everything. Oh, absolutely, man. First off, appreciate you guys having me. Second off, yeah. I mean, we would bet on what color cars coming by high school, drop your parlay cards off in the locker. You guys remember parlay cards? How fun of were those course. way back in the day? A hundred percent, man. Yeah, just like you, buddy. Parlay yep. cards are the downfall of my life. <laughs> Parlay <laughs> cards, are. you can still pick them up in Vegas. Yeah, I was gonna say they're still they're still floating around. Okay, we we've been having some fun with the national championship game. We've got an updated guy coming out here at Veasan. It's four and a half right now with Michigan Lane. It, it, does the number feel right to you? Help us jump into the national championship game here. Yeah, the number does feel right to me. It's very, very market efficient. You look at what Michigan does. Uh, you know, they are a physical team, but they can score. They can play defense. They can really do it all. They're battle tested. You look at Washington, and this is a team offensively built to go. I think that you're going to see a Michigan team. Look, let me just say it. I'm taking Michigan to win. I'm taking Michigan to cover. I think they're the best team in college football. They have been all year long. But 
I'm not taking anything away from Washington. I think this is going to be a game where you could play the over because what's the one great thing that Michigan does? Their defensive line got all over Alabama's O-line. Well, Michael Penix and Washington, they get the ball out in about half a second, man. They get it going yep. out there. So they're going to score some points too. But yeah, I'm taking Michigan here in this one. Like that breakdown of that matchup. Let's go to the NFL Saturday night. Great matchup for a playoff spot. Houston laying now a point and a half on the road, Allen. The Colts catching one and a half at home, total of 47 and a half. First of all, are you surprised now we've seen a move from the Colts as a favor to a dog at home based on how successful they've been this year? And then is there anyone you like in this game? No, I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Only because... Houston plays so aggressive and this is a team that yes they're you know they're on the bubble there they they can make it you know a, a run at this thing but also they're a team that even if they don't they're going to go out and play their best and, and really just, you know, push the tempo here. I like Houston, to be completely honest with you. Again, it's nothing against Indianapolis. I respect what they have done, especially what they've gone through this season. But I just like Houston here, man. And if they're it just a modicum more healthy than they've been the last two weeks, look out. Because this is what this team is built to do. So Circa posted San Francisco and Baltimore to win a championship, yes is minus 115, no is minus 115. So obviously the rest of the field in the postseason. So I ask you, Alan Bell, San Francisco, Baltimore, yes or no? Yes. All right. Now, the tough part is picking which one, right? We've seen this Super Bowl before, but, you know, I'll say that these two teams are excellent in terms of what they do. San Francisco, they play great defense. We know that. We've seen Brock Purdy on a mission here. He's really only had one bad game. Right. And he bounced back nicely from it. Then you look at Baltimore and on the AFC side, I just question who really is going to knock them out. I mean, you know, you don't ever want to count out Kansas City, you know, and not that we buy in big to Baltimore because they've let us down before. But, yeah, to answer your question, I'll take that for sure. Those two. Yeah. And look, we could have a chance at both Harbaugh's winning titles this year. Oh, sounds like a nightmare. It's <laughs> a valid point. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, if I could just follow up on that, it's a down year. Like, this is big for Shanahan this year, Alan, because we were discussing, obviously, over at DraftKings in the market, the 49ers are your favorite to win a championship, and they should be. It's the most talented team. It's a, a literal down year across each conference. Like, San Francisco, this is Shanahan's year. He's got to get it done. Yeah, he really does, right? And, and you know, it, it, from the aspect of they've been injured so badly the last two seasons, and now they have a free, not a free shot, but, you know, a shot, a window here to really, really solidify that. And if they do, I'm interested to see how the NFL market, you know, correlates to that because they've essentially said, we could find a quarterback. We are investing in our O-line, our D-line, yep. and our, you know, skill position running back, and buddy, we could make it work. So if this plan looks good and, and, and works out as, you know, we see, dude, it, it could change some things for teams looking for quarterbacks for sure. Miami Dolphins hosting Buffalo on Sunday night in the last game of the regular season. This is going to be for the AFC East title. Miami has gone uh, one and three against teams over 500 this year. Ten wins coming against teams under 500. Where are you on the Dolphins and particularly in this matchup? The over. Take the over in this game. You're going to see both teams just flat out going for it as aggressive as possible, and they both do it offensively. Now, not counting out the defense for Miami, Jalen Ramsey and those guys, not counting out the defense for Buffalo, but these teams are built offensively, and they're built to go. Buffalo, they can control the pace a little bit more. They're not as explosive as they have been the last couple years, and we know Miami, they want to be explosive, and that's how they want to get down. I think the best way to play this is just take points. It's going to be a back-and-forth heavyweight fight here. I cannot wait to watch this game, and I'm glad that it's the last one of the week because it deserves to be. Patrick, to Alan's point, Alan the, oh, Go ahead, so I was just going to say it's the highest total on the board at 48 and a half. Yeah, 48 and a half, week 18. You see some of those. You don't see any 50s popping up. Uh, let's go. Green Bay, Allen, they win. They're in. They're going to be hosting Chicago. We know how well Chicago is playing. Eberflus coaching for his job. Fields coaching for a resume. You've got Green Bay lane three. Which way are you going? I'm going Chicago here. Look, and that's nothing against Green Bay, but, you know, I like Matt LaFleur. I like Jordan Love. I like what this team does. That being said, I think that this Chicago team is built to play the spoiler. We saw the Packers and the Lions last year kind of in the same somewhat predicament position here. And I just like that Chicago coming in has nothing to play for except like, you know, obviously what you mentioned, those two right there. But 
to ruin your season. And I think that Justin Fields and that team is built to do it. And Green Bay, they get a little nervous at times, man. Don't like that at all. So, yeah, I'll take Chicago to cover in this game. Alan, when you look at the rest of the NFC, you've got teams like New Orleans taking on Atlanta, Carolina taking on Tampa. Are these games you would get involved in or any particular area where you see an edge for betters, whether it's on the money line, a side, a total? Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Atlanta Falcons, and look, I understand that it's been a really weird year and you're seeing fans week after week, all right? It seems like every Sunday afternoon, uh, Fire Arthur Smith is trending, uh, you know, across the state of Georgia and Atlanta. But I'll tell you this, man, I've been around Arthur Smith a good amount when he was here in Tennessee, and this man is a hardworking, proud individual, and he is going to put as much effort as possible. Not that he doesn't every other week, but... He knows exactly what time it is. He's not a dumb guy. Uh, take Atlanta here with the points. Really good play. Speaking of Tennessee, let's end here. Jacksonville at Tennessee. We're TBD on quarterbacks for both. But you've got Jacksonville win, win the division. They're laying three and a half there, your home state. Yeah, look, I'll tell you this. Take the over in this game as well. And if you want to look, well, first off, let's just talk about the uh, the, the points. You're going to see Tennessee defense is decimated. It's injured across the board. Uh, but you have players offensively that are playing for positions next year. Obviously, Jacksonville needs to win this game to have a chance to get in, win the division, whatever, right? So you're going to have the motivation on that side for Jacksonville. Number two, if you look at Tennessee, they can score some points here, especially when in a game, they don't really care all that much, quote, unquote. But let me say this here in Nashville. You've got some, you know, um, uh, storylines that you need to pay attention to. Number one, all right, you have a, a brand-new general manager in Rand Carthon that came from San Francisco who is going to be seriously evaluating this roster right after this game. And guys know that they need to show out if they want to stick around here. Number two, Mike Vrabel, all right? He is not going to go out with a sour taste in his mouth. And then number three, if you're looking at player props, this is going to be Derrick Henry's last game with the Tennessee Titans. So he's going to give you max effort. And also behind that, running back Tajay Spears. Derrick Henry does not play on third downs because of his pass protection. Spears is going to get a ton of handoffs and a ton of short yardage passes. Look for props in the air for Tajay Spears and on the ground for Derrick Henry. Because remember, Derrick Henry's from Jacksonville area. And look at his numbers. He is always shown out against the Jaguars. Beautiful. Is it a lock Vrabel's back? It's a lock that the team wants him back. Now, if he wants to go out, right, like if they want to do some move for New England or, or you know, anything like that, that's on the table. But as for the Tennessee Titans, absolutely. I mean, they, they're not going to let him go. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be Vrabel that would have to force the issue. And with him, so you never know, man. He, he keeps it close to the vest. Yep. Yeah, he's... And he runs hot. So Carthon, the yeah. general manager, and Vrabel, it's it's a good relationship so far? Ah, uh, that's a big question. We don't know. And that's the question down here because I believe Mike Vrabel wanted to be the general manager and head coach. <laughs> and when they hired Rand Carthon, look at the moves that you've seen him made this year. Really not any. You haven't heard his name whatsoever. So I'm not saying that the relationship is bad, but I'm not saying it's good either. To be continued. That's good information. Alan Bell, driving the line. Make sure you check it out on YouTube. Give him a follow at Alan G. Bell on Twitter. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Hey, you guys too, man. Very thankful you guys had me. Appreciate it. Yep, great job. We're coming back. A little more NFL and playoff scenarios next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. 
just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money on a Thursday, hour three, presented by DraftKings. That means DraftKings U.S. trading lead Brennan White joins us. Who are, who are us? I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and we welcome in our buddy Brennan White at Brennan White14 on Twitter. Brennan for sports betters, hi and happy new year to you. For sports betters, week 18. It's fun. It's interesting. It's a little bit of a different mix, right? Motivation. We're talking about incentive chasers in the prop market. But what I'm fascinated to know is what is week 18 behind the curtain at a sports book like? Yeah. Happy new year to you guys as well. It's great to be back. I I think this is a really sort of interesting conversation for us to have this week, because for us, from a bookmaking perspective, Week 18 is right up there with week one in the Super Bowl in terms of sort of importance. And it's not so much because of the amount of money that we're going to take. It's more due to the amount of manual work that's required. We've got sort of starting with the pre-match process. Week 18 is the week with the most line movement. It's the week with the most sort of non-public information. The sharp bettors tend to do very well and get lots of CLV. We've got lots of backups playing with not a lot of historical data on their performance. And we've got player incentives. We don't really know kind of what team's game plans are going to be around those players that have contract incentives. Uh, And additionally, we've got some sort of weird situations. Um, I know everyone's talking about kind of the Eagles and the Cowboys, but you wouldn't believe the amount of parlays we've seen on sort of Cowboys first half, uh, you know, all spreads. And then Mm. assuming the Eagles are going to bench their players, parlays to, you know, that's in the Eagles game where say Eagles under second half. Um, those are all things that our system, our automation is not really set up to handle in all areas where traders have to step in and make decisions on a regular basis, and stay on top of all the news and all of these kind of strange situations and make sure that, you know, our pricing is at a point where we're comfortable. And then you can get something overnight where one team says, ah, we're going to play our guys. And you got to sort of go back to the drawing board and figure out everything that that impacts. So it's a real challenge to stay on top of everything. But it's also a challenge that's that's really fun because it's unique. It only kind of happens once a year, and and there's a lot of sharp action coming in. So it feels a little bit like us versus the sharps some days. Um, But it's a a sort of opportunity for us to demonstrate kind of the value that that the traders can add, uh, you know, to the pricing, to the sports book. So it's it's something that, you know, from our perspective, we we take very seriously. We sort of have different approaches for – but I think that's something that maybe, you know, the casual better isn't isn't really thinking about when they go to place their bets, right? 
Brennan, how quickly are you moving on a spread this weekend compared to other weekends? And you mentioned it, some of the information being crucial. We were talking a little bit earlier about the Eagles-Giants game. There's a potential the Eagles may not play, guys. And I, I don't know if you guys are sitting at five or four and a half right now, but is that something that all of a sudden you're going to move down drastically much, much quicker than you would in any other weekend minus the first week? Absolutely. Yeah, we will move prices much more aggressively. Um, I, right now we're sitting on five on that game. You know, we, we opened that game six and a half. Um, I think that it is a situation where we're much more likely to, to move more and we're more likely to move off of kind of weaker information. Um, I think especially these situations where teams are playing at the same time and another game impacts the pricing for, for that game. It's a challenge for our live traders as well. You know, on Sunday, we're going to have seven games going on in the afternoon that all have playoff implications, and they're not just watching their game. They're watching the other games to see what's going on there. What does that mean for the game that I'm, I'm tasked with, and, and how do I need to adjust, you know, the expectations for the remainder of the game based on that? So it's something that we have a very close eye on. It's something that, you know, we've trained our guys to, to be very on top of and have processes for, but it's, it's something that is very unique to Week 18. It's well put. Brennan White, U.S. trading lead at DraftKings, joining us here on Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. Let's start Sunday night with a game, obviously, for the division there in the East, Buffalo-Miami. I'm starting there because I believe you were sitting Buffalo three, and have you come off it to two and a half? We have come off it to two and a half. Um, this is one where we really don't have a strong opinion between two and a half and three. So you might see us kind of go back and forth, test the waters one way or the other. Uh, when we were at three, we did see quite a bit of money, uh, not necessarily sharp money, just sort of volume on, on the Dolphins. So I think that this is another sort of strange situation, obviously, with, with Tyreek Hill, his house fire, him being you know photographed in a walking boot. People are kind of really of the opinion one way or the other that, that, you know, the Bills are clearly the better team. It doesn't matter that they're on the road. They're playing for the division. This is their sort of regular season Super Bowl, and, and Miami's got some issues. Or, you know, Miami's a better team. They, they get to play at home. This game means something to them, uh, and, and they're, you know, betting the money line for the Dolphins. So we, at the moment, sort of have pretty balanced liability, um, but we did, we did start taking quite a bit of volume on the Dolphins when we were sitting at three, so, so at two and a half for the moment. Brennan, let's go to the national championship game. Where did you guys open this one up at? Where are you sitting at right now? And just your perspective on the game itself. Yeah, definitely. So we opened this at four and a half, and we're sitting at four and a half. Um, this is a spot where we're going to be shaded towards Michigan. Um, we sort of power rate them five and a half to six points better than Washington. And I think as long as the market's at the four, four and a half number, we'll, we'll be four and a half, um, you know, maybe even five. But we have a ton of public money coming in on the dog. Uh, this is not unique for the national championship. I think most casual bettors that don't have a rooting interest for either of these teams tend to prefer the side that pays plus money on the money line. So we do expect to sort of have to root for Michigan, although – Michigan is a state where we have a pretty big audience of college football bettors, and we've seen them interestingly target sort of some of our alt spreads, taking the minus 7.5, the minus 10.5, um, you know, looking for opportunities to get more money back if this turns into a blowout like some of the previous national championship games have. Yes, you'll be happy. And I was happy to note as a DraftKings employee and stockholder, I was just in Michigan, Brennan, and I can very much tell you all of my friends use DraftKings and they're all going to be betting Michigan lane four and a half at DraftKings. I know that. Yeah, yeah, we uh, I, I think I looked at the splits this morning and it was uh, 98 two in favor of Michigan in the state of Michigan. So don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> Spartan fans well, coming in at strong. Least not, yeah, at least they're not betting with their heart at all. <laughs> Um, okay, so national national championship game uh, one. Let's go back to the NFL. Chicago Green Bay. It's kind of fascinating, right? Because Green Bay win and they're in, and it's a huge spot for them at home. But Chicago has been playing great ball. Where are you sitting on this number? Yeah. So right now uh, we've got the game sitting at three. Uh, we opened at one and a half. There's some rumblings that Fields might not play the whole game. Uh, so keeping a close eye on that. I think, you know, our position here is that 
this is a spot where the numbers like the Bears, uh, you know, the way they've been playing recently, if they play all their guys, I think they probably shouldn't uh, be three-point dogs or more. Um, you know, the Packers obviously had a good week against the Vikings last week, but they've got some secondary concerns. You know, after Jair Alexander, the depth is pretty weak. Um, Jordan Love has quite a few contract incentives, so there's been some discussion around is he going to try to air it out more? Uh, and, you know, does that maybe hinder the Packers' chances of winning the game? Um, I think that this is a spot where there is a lot of uncertainty, a lot of room for the number to move. Uh, we've seen pretty balanced action sitting at the three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of moved one way or the other as we get closer to game time. Brennan, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but in terms of you mentioned Justin Fields possibly not playing. So how do you guys, from your perspective, try to decipher what's legitimate, what's something that's probably just speculation, and how you react to it? Yeah, so sort of without getting too into the weeds, sure. uh, we get most of our news the way that everyone does, mostly through Twitter uh, or beat reporters. Um, and in those situations, we have to make a determination kind of around how trustworthy the source is. But we also have quite a bit of expertise and some sort of connections to, to other news sources where we can verify sort of things that we see that we are more skeptical of. Um, a lot of times, the truth is that we rely a lot on the bad information that comes in. We have customers who we've sort of seen uh, on ahead of non-public information routinely, uh, and we let them bet more specifically with us because we want that information from them. So if we hear a rumbling or have a news source out there uh, and that better comes in and sort of confirms our suspicions, then we're much more likely to move the prices. What, what, what I find fascinating is forget pre-match. I want to be with you, Brennan, at halftime of these games on Sunday because <laughs> posting a second-half number with all that's up for grabs is going to be wild. It is going to be pretty crazy. Um, I'll, be, I'll be pretty busy running around as all these games are going to half. Um, you know, the other consideration we have for live is we're trying to settle all of our season-long markets this year during the games as stuff happens. So uh, another sort of extra piece of the puzzle to make sure that we're on top of all the you know, player props and yardages and, and wins as the games are over. Well, we kind of wish you the best. As a friend, we wish you the best of luck. But Dustin just put down 25-1 to 1 in conference over at DraftKings on the Rams. So we're pulling for him, too. So you understand. We have, uh, rooted, we have interest elsewhere as well, Brennan. Totally understand. I'll take whatever support I can get. <laughs> it's a weird business, to say the least. He's the best. He's our, our partner, Brennan White, DraftKings U.S. Trading Lead at Brennan White 14 on Twitter. Good luck, and thank you very much. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Thank you. Okay. Big guy, I tried to stand up for you there. You know, it's, it's like we pull for Brennan because he's so great to us, but at the same time, you want to win your future. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, sometimes your friend can be an enemy in moments, and in this moment, he's also, I can't really call him a full enemy, though, because he hung a number that I wanted to bet. By the way, I got yeah. to call, call Patrick on the good luck. It's in poker. When somebody's all in, you go, good luck, and you're against them. Yeah, sounds yeah. really sincere. <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money on a Thursday, hour three, presented by DraftKings. That means DraftKings U.S. trading lead Brennan White joins us, who are, who are us. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and we welcome in our buddy Brennan White at Brennan White 14 on Twitter. Brennan, for sports bettors, hi and happy new year to you. For sports bettors, week 18. It, it's fun. It's interesting. It's a little bit of a different mix, right? Motivation. We're talking about incentive chasers in the prop market. But what I'm fascinated to know is what is week 18 behind the curtain at a sports book like? Yeah. Happy new year to you guys as well. It's great to be back. I, I think this is a really sort of interesting conversation for us to have this week, because for us, from a bookmaking perspective, Week 18 is right up there with week one in the Super Bowl in terms of sort of importance. And it's not so much because of the amount of money that we're going to take. It's more due to the amount of manual work that's required. 
we've got sort of starting with the pre-match process. Week 18 is the week with the most line movement. It's the week with the most sort of non-public information. The sharp betters tend to do very well and get lots of CLV. We've got lots of backups playing with not a lot of historical data on their performance. And we've got player incentives. We don't really know kind of what team's game plans are going to be around those players that have contract incentives. Uh, and additionally, we've got some sort of weird situations. Um, I know everyone's talking about kind of the Eagles and the Cowboys, but you wouldn't believe the amount of parlays we've seen on sort of Cowboys' first half, uh, you know, all spreads, and then hmm. assuming the Eagles are going to bench their players, parlays to, you know, bets in the Eagles game where, say, Eagles under second half. Um, those are all things that our system, our automation, is not really set up to handle in all areas where traders have to step in and make decisions on a regular basis and stay on top of all the news and all of these kind of strange situations and make sure that, you know, our pricing is at a point where we're comfortable. And then you can get something overnight where one team says, ah, we're going to play our guys. And you got to sort of go back to the drawing board and figure out everything that that impacts. So it's a real challenge to stay on top of everything, but it's also a challenge that's, that's really fun because it's unique. It only kind of happens once a year, and, and there's a lot of sharp action coming in. So it feels a little bit like us versus the sharps some days. Um, but it's a, it's a sort of opportunity for us to demonstrate kind of the value that, that the traders can add, uh, you know, to the pricing, to the sports book. So it's, it's something that, you know, from our perspective, we, we take very seriously. We sort of have different approaches for um, – but I think that's something that maybe, you know, the casual better isn't, isn't really thinking about when they go to place their bets, right? Brennan, how quickly are you moving on a spread this weekend compared to other weekends? And you mentioned it's some of the information being crucial. We were talking a little bit earlier about the Eagles-Giants game. There's a potential the Eagles may not play, guys. And I, I don't know if you guys are sitting at five or four and a half right now, but is that something that all of a sudden you're going to move down drastically much, much quicker than you would in any other weekend minus the first week? Absolutely. Yeah, we will move prices much more aggressively. Um, I, right now we're sitting on five on that game. You know, we, we opened that game six and a half. Um, I think that it is a situation where we're much more likely to, to move more and we're more likely to move off of kind of weaker information. Um, I think especially these situations where teams are playing at the same time and another game impacts the pricing for, for that game. It's a challenge for our live traders as well. You know, on Sunday, we're going to have seven games going on in the afternoon that all have playoff implications, and they're not just watching their game. They're watching the other games to see what's going on there. What does that mean for the game that I'm, I'm tasked with, and, and how do I need to adjust, you know, the expectations for the remainder of the game based on that? So it's something that we have a very close eye on. It's something that, you know, we've trained our guys to, to be very on top of and have processes for, but it's, it's something that is very unique to Week 18. It's well put. Brennan White, U.S. trading lead at DraftKings, joining us here on Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. Let's start Sunday night with a game, obviously, for the division there in the East, Buffalo-Miami. I'm starting there because I believe you were sitting Buffalo three, and have you come off it to two and a half? We have come off it to two and a half. Um, this is one where we really don't have a strong opinion between two and a half and three. So you might see us kind of go back and forth, test the waters one way or the other. Uh, when we were at three, we did see quite a bit of money, uh, not necessarily sharp money, just sort of volume on, on the Dolphins. So I think that this is another sort of strange situation, obviously, with, with Tyreek Hill, his house fire, him being you know photographed in a walking boot. People are kind of really of the opinion one way or the other that that, you know, the Bills are clearly the better team. It doesn't matter that they're on the road. They're playing for the division. This is their sort of regular season Super Bowl, and, and Miami's got some issues. Or, you know, Miami's a better team. They, they get to play at home. This game means something to them, uh, and, and they're, you know, betting the money line for the Dolphins. So we, at the moment, sort of have pretty balanced liability, um, but we did, we did start taking quite a bit of volume on the Dolphins when we were sitting at three, so, so at two and a half for the moment. Brennan, let's go to the national championship game. Where did you guys open this one up at? Where are you sitting at right now? And just your perspective on the game itself. Yeah, definitely. So we opened this at four and a half and we're sitting at four and a half. Um, this is a spot where we're going to be shaded towards Michigan. Um, we sort of power rate them five and a half to six points better than Washington. 
And I think as long as the market's at the four, four and a half number, we'll, we'll be four and a half, um, you know, maybe even five. But we have a ton of public money coming in on the dog. Uh, this is not unique for the national championship. I think most casual bettors that don't have a rooting interest for either of these teams tend to prefer the side that pays plus money on the money line. So we do expect to sort of have to root for Michigan, although Michigan is a state where we have a pretty big audience of college football bettors, and we've seen them interestingly target sort of some of our alt spreads, taking the minus 7.5, the minus 10.5, you know, looking for opportunities to get more money back if this turns into a blowout like some of the previous national championship games have. Yes, you'll be happy. And I was happy to note as a DraftKings employee and stockholder, I was just in Michigan, Brennan, and I can very much tell you all of my friends use DraftKings and they're all going to be betting Michigan lane four and a half at DraftKings. I know that. Yeah, yeah, we uh, I I think I looked at the splits this morning and it was uh, 98 two in favor of Michigan in the state of Michigan. So don't doubt that for a second. (laughs) Spartan fans coming in strong. Yeah, at least they're not betting with their heart at all. Um, okay, so national national championship game uh, one. Let's go back to the NFL. Chicago Green Bay. It's kind of fascinating, right? Because Green Bay win and they're in, and it's a huge spot for them at home. But Chicago has been playing great ball. Where are you sitting on this number? Yeah. So right now uh, we've got the game sitting at three. Uh, we opened at one and a half. There's some rumblings that Fields might not play the whole game. Uh, so keeping a close eye on that. I think, you know, our position here is that this is a spot where the numbers like the Bears, uh, you know, the way they've been playing recently, if they play all their guys, I think they probably shouldn't uh, be three-point dogs or more. Um, you know, the Packers obviously had a good week against the Vikings last week, but They've got some secondary concerns. You know, after Jair Alexander, the depth is pretty weak. Um, Jordan Love has quite a few contract incentives, so there's been some discussion around is he going to try to air it out more? Uh, and, you know, does that maybe hinder the Packers' chances of winning the game? Um, I think that this is a spot where there is a lot of uncertainty, a lot of room for the number to move. Uh, we've seen pretty balanced action sitting at the three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of moved one way or the other as we get closer to game time. Brennan, I don't know how much you could talk about this, but in terms of you mentioned Justin Fields possibly not playing. So how do you guys, from your perspective, try to decipher what's legitimate, what's something that's probably just speculation, and how you react to it? Yeah, so sort of without getting too into the weeds, uh, we get most of our news the way that everyone does, mostly through Twitter uh, or beat reporters. Um, And in those situations, we have to make a determination kind of around how trustworthy the source is. But we also have quite a bit of expertise and some sort of connections to, to other news sources where we can verify sort of things that we see that we are more skeptical of. Um, a lot of times the truth is that we rely a lot on the bad information that comes in. We have customers who we've sort of seen uh, on ahead of non-public information routinely, uh, and we let them bet more specifically with us because we want that information from them. So if we hear a rumbling or have a news source out there uh, and that better comes in and sort of confirms our suspicions, then we're much more likely to move the prices. What, what, what I find fascinating is forget pre-match. I want to be with you, Brennan, at halftime of these games on Sunday. Because <laughs> posting a second-half number with all that's up for grabs is going to be wild. It is going to be pretty crazy. Um, I'll, be, I'll be pretty busy running around as all these games are going to half. Um, you know, the other consideration we have for live is we're trying to settle all of our season-long markets this year during the games as stuff happens. So uh, another sort of extra piece of the puzzle to make sure that we're on top of all the you know player props and yardages and, and wins as the games are over. Well, we kind of wish you the best. As a friend, we wish you the best of luck. But Dustin just put down 25-1 to 1 in conference over at DraftKings on the Rams. So... We're pulling for him too, so you understand. We have uh, rooted, we have interest elsewhere as well, Brennan. Totally understand. I'll take whatever support I can get. <laughs>
<laughs> it's a weird business to say the least. He's the best. He's our, our partner, Brennan White, DraftKings US trading lead at Brennan White 14 on Twitter. Good luck and thank you very much. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thanks, guys. Talk next week. Thank you. Okay. Big guy, I tried to stand up for you there. You know, it's it's like we pull for Brennan because he's so great to us, but at the same time, you want to win your future. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, sometimes your friend can be an enemy in moments, and in this moment, he's also, I can't really call him a full enemy, though, because he hung a number that I wanted to bet. By the way, I got to yeah. call, I, I call Patrick on the good luck. It's in poker. When somebody's all in, you go, good luck, and you're against them. Yeah, sounds yeah. really insincere. <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.